Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former roommates talk about Predator. We are rescue team, not assassins. Now, what are we going to do? In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trailer, the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean we? Deep in the jungle where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. Showtime, kid. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Billy so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took him. We cannot see it. No blood, no bodies. We hit nothing. But it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. Whatever it is out there, it killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. He was skinned alive! It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all gonna die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Century Fox presents Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. As always, I'm your host, Corbin Zavokal, and joining me is my co-host, Cody Webb. Cody, what's going on, man? Very excited to be here. Great intro as usual. Uh, yeah, should be a good one. I don't have too much to say today, but I'm super excited. Now, for the record, we are talking about a 1987 film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're not talking about Kevin Spacey today. Uh, all 80s action movies. Yeah, never uh, want to bring up Spacey if we don't have to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, variations and versions uh, in this franchise, but we're taking it back to the OG here. We're not dealing with anything past that uh, today. We're, we're sticking to the basics. Yeah, the original film only, uh, no other Predators, real or otherwise. Cody, why did you want to talk about this movie? Why me? Why did you pick me? I wanted to go like sci-fi in a sense. So we had an option here, like sci-fi action, which obviously would be fun. I was thinking too, maybe like just straight up sci-fi, a little 2001 Space Odyssey. So you might see that down the line. And I was thinking like a little animated sci-fi too, a little wall action. So um, I gave you some choices per usual, but I think this this will be a really fun episode. Obviously too, we haven't done kind of a pure like action movie for a while, maybe since like... Um, our Terminator 2 episode, which might be a season or, or two ago. So I feel like I like with my picks a little bit too, kind of just like changing up the genre a little bit, kind of going a different direction from what we would normally talk about. Uh, I'm sure there's an um, action movie more recently than Terminator 2, because that's like <laughs> season two for us. But to be fair, neither of us are huge uh, like action genre fans, and especially not the the 20th century action that we see here i thought 2001 could have been an interesting one to talk about in context of our first friday five episode uh 
shout out to the finale of the curse, Cody, and some uh, imagery that might be similar there, but didn't want to spoil anything with that too early. So I decided to to stick with a movie that I had actually not seen before um, and I wanted to dive into. Hey, it's Corbin just hopping in here. Um, I'm editing this video and obviously, as you probably have heard, Carl Weathers unfortunately passed away last week. Um, and we actually recorded this episode on January 31st, uh, just the day before he unfortunately uh, passed away. So at the time of the reporting, we obviously uh, did not know that that had happened. But our condolences to, to Carl Weathers and his, all his family uh, from CAP here at this time. This movie um, and, you know, his performances and stuff like Rocky and Arrested Development that we'll kind of talk a little bit about in this episode uh, just highlight, you know, the kind of actor and person that Carl Weathers was and uh, hope that he can find peace and hope you guys enjoyed this episode and that you guys will check out more of his uh, performances moving forward. Let's move on over to Do You Remember? Do you remember? Because, of course, like I just said, this was the first time I ever watched it. Uh, shout out to Max. I think there were some issues with my Max subscription. So Mina, you know, swooped in, saved the day, hooked me up with a password. Uh, and we were able to watch Predator just last night for the first time for both of us. And uh, it was an enjoyable experience. I, uh, I think I knew exactly what I was getting into. It was about what I expected. What about you, yeah. Cody? <laughs> uh, yeah, but you can borrow my Max too, obviously, as well. Uh, I'll send you over the- You're always offering <laughs> passwords to everybody, including the fans. I, am, I, uh, I don't really care. Everybody should have access to everything. I don't, I don't really like it. Uh... I guess that's a little political, but uh, anyway, <laughs> free the content, free the free the artistry. That's I what agree. it's really about. But it's also too, I, I was surprised. John Wick, was... Cody, season five, episode five. By the way. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's that is definitely pure action, uh, more modern modern sense there. So I love that. Um, shout out Willem Dafoe too. Who I forgot was in that movie until the other day. But I was surprised this movie wasn't on Hulu, honestly, because I think they released uh, that new Prey movie like last year, or the year before, and it was like a Hulu original, right? Well, see, that is an interesting thing with uh, rights, because technically that's 20th century is the one who owns the Predator and I think technically the Alien franchise currently, which is, Mm -hmm. of course, owned by Disney right now. Um, So that movie was developed under that banner and released direct to Hulu. The Alien movie, Romulus, that's coming out later this year was supposed to be the same thing where it was like going to be a direct to Hulu release. But because of, I think, how well Prey did, we're now getting that movie released uh, in theaters. So, um, But I, I guess the the original rights holders are are uh, up with uh, Discovery and David Zaslav. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a mess. I feel like that's the kind of just uh, the point that we're at with streaming, in a sense, is freaking everything is everywhere. I mean, even now, yeah, people are selling their own stuff to other streaming services. It's crazy. Max Max almost has sold out completely. Obviously, like all their DC stuff to Netflix. So I was surprised this was still on here, but fun surprise, obviously, since I do have a Max subscription. So that was cool. But kind of going back to Do You Remember, uh, funnily enough, this is the first time I've actually seen this movie all the way through. I thought so. Um, I've definitely seen like bits and pieces of it, like online, on TV. I think I probably caught, you know, some stuff here and there, but... I had a decent experience as well. I think um, obviously not an overly long movie. We can definitely jump into initial thoughts here. But um, yeah, uh, kind of a first time viewership for both of us, which I think is always fun. 
Yeah, I was gonna go ahead and jump into initial thoughts. And Good morning, Vietnam. You, you mentioned the Predator Prey thing. That's really where I come into this franchise. I did watch Prey when it was on Hulu, and like, uh, I think it's easy to just be culturally aware of what the predator is even if you haven't seen this movie like it's just something because of alien versus predator and just the the many sequels like you talked about and you mentioned earlier off the top it's so much a part of of you know just popular culture so i was aware of it despite having not seen it um it was cool to watch it it's very actiony there's a ton of explosions i'll, I'll throw it over to you cody what did you <laughs> think about it, I think you know, uh, on first full-time watch, were you yeah. impressed? I think you described it well. I mean, <laughs> it is, I think it's just a dumb, cheesy, like 80s action movie. Um, and they're really playing off the explosions uh this time around, too. It's sort of like maybe this was an inspiration for Michael Bay in a lot of ways, mm. I think. Just like this overall genre. There's about a five, ten minute sequence, uh, 30 minutes into this movie that is insane, yeah. Cody. <laughs> and honestly that was i mean i was entertained at least throughout that obviously it's like story-wise it's it's kind of interesting because the predator kind of just like lets arnie and his team walk right by him the first time which he didn't do with a lot of the other people who had walked right by him before so interesting there i like the pacing too like the the first 10 minutes arnie rolls up with a squad it's moving and then yeah immediately they're kind of going down after these hostages obviously um and then after that massive kind of, and then like you said i mean that's probably an extended like 15 minute sequence where it's literally just massive bloodshed massive explosions i honestly think the majority of the budget is probably spent on that one sequence even though it has nothing to do with the predator which i think is pretty interesting but after that yeah. i feel like it does slow down a little bit um until obviously the main story I've, the the rest of the movie is pretty much just like i mean it's in the name it's it's a predator hunting his prey which I think is interesting. I think it, it catches me in its tone just because you have like a prime Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. and then a badass Carl Weathers kind of there to back him up. And I think they play off of each other really well. I mean, they even open up their first scene together as them just like shaking hands, but then it leads to like an arm wrestling. <laughs> the iconic <laughs> meme, the handshake yeah. meme, Cody, is from this movie. I actually didn't know that that's where it came from. So I was surprised. Yeah. I mean, it, it's weird because they're not even like arm wrestling on a table. They just like have a handshake and then just like throw down and have to like prove who's stronger. So I thought that was cool. But um, yeah, I think that, like I said, the pacing for me is good. But I think the last hour um, is, is like what this movie is about. And that's kind of what I found most interesting was, of course, like the hunter hunty, you know, dynamic. And it's a lot of cool visual stuff, too, which I'll get into. But yeah, a lot of explosions off the bat. <laughs> which i think was a little jarring for me because i don't know if i expected that much but uh those russians got it man they uh they didn't know what was coming i guess yeah i think that's where it's like it in the first 30 minutes it's a heavy 80s just you know anti-commie action movie with some questionable south american politics involved and then <laughs> the last hour is you know hunter sci-fi which i think is is a little bit more interesting um although the, that that first 30 minutes is fun regardless um speaking of carl weathers of course cody notably in the rocky franchise from some wikipedia research i wanted to share the, the conception of this movie which kind of relates to rocky so hmm. apparently after the release of rocky 4 there was a joke going around that there's no one left in the world for rocky balboa to fight there is no man on earth that is strong <laughs> enough to to defeat him you know he took on 
you know, everybody in the United States, he took on the Russians. He got them all. Uh, so he'll have to fight an alien if they're going to make another movie. So just kind of like with that basic idea in their head, uh, Jim and John Thomas took that inspiration and wrote a screenplay based around it. Obviously, that gets heavily developed into this story of a group of guys kind of being hunted by an alien. Um, and then it gets picked up by uh, Michael Levy, who is the 20th Century Fox producer, um, and he was the executive producer for the sequel of this movie. He takes that script to Joel Silver, who worked on Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and basically is like, okay, so we can just take your idea and strap that onto Commando and make <laughs> Predator. <laughs> and that's where you get, you know, high science fiction, big budget action uh, at the same time. And, you know, they bring in all the same people. They grab John McTiernan for his first studio film. But I think it's really funny to take that, that original conception of, of a Rocky, you know, Rocky needing a new villain. And, and Arnie is kind of a similar uh, a type. <laughs> that is interesting. I mean, Carl Weathers literally just franchise swapped and uh, I don't know. I probably prefer Stallone over over Arnie. Honestly. That's, that'd be a good argument. But I do like that a lot. I mean, Rocky, he took down Hulk Hogan, uh, the best America has to offer. He took down Dolph Lundgren, the best Russia has to offer. What's next, man? Where do you go from there? Predator. And uh, I do like robbed. the conception of like taking that idea of like, okay, we've beaten every man. But like you said, I mean, this this movie, I feel like is pretty much commando which is a little bit more sci-fi involved. You have obviously the great one-liners, which I'll I'll throw out a lot of great quotes uh, when we get to the good, bad, and the ugly. But I mean, Arnold's just doing Arnold. I mean, <laughs> like his character name in here is, is a Dutch, um, which I thought was pretty stupid. But I guess it fits. And then I think the supporting cast is good too. I want to talk about... Um... He's Austrian though. He's not even Dutch. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's it's funny. I don't know. Um, but dude, I didn't I didn't realize until the credits rolled here that uh, this nerdy guy the entire movie uh, was Shane Black. I was I had to talk about <laughs> this. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. Obviously, uh, Iron Man three. <laughs> yeah, more well known I think for his writing credits um, than his acting. But he's he's the comedic relief role here. I'll get into some of his bits later on too. But. I kind of liked him throughout the movie. So I think the cast, it's like small enough where you become like sort of attached to most of these characters or at least kind of know where they're coming from, I guess, at least, uh, which is cool for an action movie. So obviously tons of explosions, tons of, you know, gore and death and stuff, which is going to be there, you know, no doubt. But I think script wise, it was a little bit more kind of at least in detail with kind of what was going on with these characters sometimes, which again, for a dumb, cheesy 80s action movie, I guess, you know, that's not, you know, saying anything crazy good about it, but at least it, it, it tried in that aspect. I don't know if I fully agree uh, with you there on the <laughs> your thoughts on characterization, but we'll, we'll get into that for good, the bad and the ugly. Let's let's throw it over to IMDb known for and we'll start with the director, John McTiernan, Cody. Do I know you? I mean, where do I know you from? Uh, you may not know him by name, but you definitely know his work. His four are Die Hard, Last Action Hero rollerball and predator what do you think about those four yeah i did know who john mctiernan was coming in obviously mostly from uh die hard which i mean is a highly regarded uh christmas classic what you said too was this his directorial debut is that correct studio directorial debut. studio so i was gonna, big, I was gonna like, say budget it's his second movie i mean nomads is the Damn. first all right fair enough and then i mean obviously predator here was released in 87 and then Die Hard the next year was released in 88. So 
this guy was hot in the 80s, obviously. Um, I think he had a brief stint in prison, I believe, sometime in the early 2000s, and really hasn't been doing much since. But um, this four, I, I do disagree with uh, pretty wholeheartedly here. I mean, uh, have you ever even heard of, of this movie called uh, Rollerball? I definitely haven't. Uh, no, Cody, I haven't. But, you know, <laughs> of a different time. We're not from the from the din- from that generation <laughs> i think it's his lowest rated yeah it's by far his lowest rated movie on imdb too so strange inclusion there um obviously too he did direct uh die hard with a vengeance which is another film of his that i do like a good deal obviously bringing sam jackson in to the die hard franchise i think is is a good uh good flick there and then also too he had the the, the hunt for red october which um, if I'm being honest, I think that movie's a little bit overrated, but uh, should still probably be on there over Rollerball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even uh, Last Action Hero, I've not seen that to be fair, but uh, I would put that kind of on the lower tier of his stuff too. But I mean, low key, John McTiernan, uh, not a bad director. I feel like, uh, like you said, probably if we went outside and asked 100 people on the street if they know who this guy is, maybe get like you know, four or five people being like, oh, yeah, I love Die Hard. But I feel like the majority of like, especially the new age people would be like, I have no idea who the hell that guy is. So props to him. I, I don't know if he's the best guy overall, obviously, like I was saying, but uh, he can make a good action movie. Yeah, I uh, similar to you have not really seen a lot of these movies. Um, I will say, I know Blank Check, the podcast, you know, uh, is going to be covering him coming soon. He is very, some very much a Blank Check director where he early on had, you know, a movie like Predator Die Hard hit. And then they're like, fuck, whatever you want to do, we are going to, you know, fund Hunt for Red October. We're going to, you know, give you the, the, what is that, a something adaptation? <laughs> Red October is probably a book. Tom Clancy. Think... We're going to give you, you a Tom Clancy adaptation. <laughs> there you go. And uh, then we're, you know, we're going to let you do whatever you want. Medicine Man, Tom's kind of fair. Um, and then obviously it, it kind of, you know, like you said, all, all goes away and you have Rollerball. <laughs> It looks like a terrible like Netflix movie from like 2016. So yeah, it looks absolutely terrible. Let's check it out, Cody. Uh, maybe. Hopefully not. <laughs> All right. And then uh, moving on to our lead, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know him. You love him. T2, Judgment Day, The Sixth Day, Last Action Hero, and The Terminator. Um, I don't think it's any surprise to see uh, both the Terminator and T2 on here. The Sixth Day, I'm actually not really familiar with at all. Cody, do you know anything about that movie? I have absolutely no idea anything about that movie. So that for me was was definitely the biggest shock on this list. Um, obviously, both Terminator films, I think, is pretty understandable. I think that's what the majority of you know people would think of when, when they think of Arnold off the bat. I mean... He's kind of uh he's kind of made for that role in a sense. Obviously, go check out our Terminator 2 podcast for more details on his Hell performance yeah. there. But um, other than those two, I am pretty surprised that uh Predator isn't on this list. I mean, again, his his filmography um is kind of a lot. So he's been in a ton. Obviously, you know, back in the 80s, you could put Commando in here, you could put True Lies in here. Um, oh, what was the other one? Oh, Total Recall. That yeah, Total decent. Recall, I feel that seems like a big maybe in the running man um i mean he's just in, in a lot of like wins oh okay decent action yeah then i was gonna say too i mean he's obviously done a ton of comedy since then so you could throw in kindergarten cop in here if you want i feel like maybe one comedy inclusion like eliminate one of the terminators my my prime list here would be t2 predator kindergarten cop 
and then like maybe commando to run run it out i think that'd be a fun four yeah having predator and commando on there seems a little bit derivative cody but uh (laughs) i i respect it no expendables love (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, uh, i thought that was funny too the the word expendable is probably in this movie predator probably like four or five times so i think it's just like a roll credits moment in a different movie which is fun (laughs) but uh yeah definitely would leave that out of his top four I, i don't think that has uh any any real uh play to be in there there's no like uh block that is just like governor of, of california you can't stick that into an id four, unfortunately <laughs> yeah their political career just put that as number four That'd not covered fun. uh carl weathers cody we uh gotta discuss right off rip cody uh, you <laughs> thought maybe you were gonna avoid it but notably many times on the podcast you've been uh a little unsure about who carl weathers is and you uh constantly confuse him with another actor so do you want to break that down <laughs> yeah absolutely and um the guy who i get him confused with is uh, danny glover another really doesn't look anything like him well <laughs> thanks for calling me out but i mean both like you know action-based you know kind of movie stars in the 80s so give me a little bit of slack at least but looking at carl weathers imdb here obviously i mean it's pretty straightforward rocky predator happy gilmore I feel like I should have them differentiated by now. And maybe after seeing Predator, I think I'd do a little bit more. Also, their names just, I don't know. It's like <laughs> Danny and Carl. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like so basic. Well, Danny and... gets Saw. I mean, like, obviously, like in the 80s, he was more similar seen Saw. doing his. Uh, yeah. you know, I mean, he's just doing lethal this. lethal weapon. Yeah, I mean, that's that's his big thing. I feel like that I know him from personally. But I mean, uh, Danny, Glo- no, <laughs> Carl Weathers. Is in Happy Gilmore, which is one of my favorites of all time. And then also him obviously being a, a you know stable force in the Rocky franchise and him being, you know, I'll get to what my thoughts on him in, in this movie. But um, yeah, I think this movie, it does help a lot kind of uh, differentiate those two. But just in my head, I don't know. Their names just kind of go together, I guess, which is weird. I think he should. Uh, well, first of all, what, you've, what do you think about his work in The Mandalorian, Cody? Uh, I've not seen season three. But from season one and season two, I do like him. I mean, he, he's not like, you know, uh, a massive antagonist or massive protagonist. He's kind of riding along that line in the middle. Um, but I thought he's good. I mean, Carl Weathers, I think in general, is a pretty good actor. So, yeah, Mando, I, I thought he's decent. He's I done think, a ton of other TV. I, I think, think his too, best right? work, and we've talked about this as well before, but Arrested Development. That's his uh, playing himself, yeah. uh, giving Tobias some acting lessons. Uh, only in four episodes of the show. Uh, but he's incredible there. Yeah, I back that completely. I would still argue his best work is is definitely a Happy Gilmore, actually, but that, that's a close second. Let's move on over to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Start with the good, Cody. Uh, I wanted to share just the very first lines of uh, Roger Ebert's review from this movie. <laughs> Predator begins like Rambo and ends like Alien. And in today's Hollywood, that's creativity. Most movies are inspired by only one previous blockbuster. I like that. You know, uh, this is like you said, this is something a little bit more sci-fi and actiony, um, even more so than Aliens, which came out the year before. Um, it's a lot more actiony, and I think it's more successful than that movie. What do you think about those two in comparison? <laughs> it's a bold take. I'm not it's big tough. on Aliens, honestly. I think it's all right. really. 
Yeah. I do like aliens a good deal. The thing is, like you said, it it is there similar. is no Arnie. I mean, I guess you have Sigourney, but I don't think yeah. she works as well in that. I think she works better in Alien and Alien Three. I think that's fair for sure. I think the the team dynamic is is specifically similar between those two movies. Um, and even though they are like similar genres, I th- well, I don't know because they are both like taking place in pretty much like one environment in the entire movie too. I I would say for me, Aliens is definitely better. Personal. Also, the alien as a character, I just don't think works as well as like a force and an action movie. That's Whereas fair. Predator like is built to be in an action movie. Like Alien but, is better in horror. Like it's yeah, hunting. You know, scary. I think that's a good point, honestly. And um, like the first Alien is definitely better than the first Predator. But like you said, I don't know if Aliens is kind of a good franchise to go more actiony. I think Predators. Obviously, I haven't seen that movie. But multiple predators would be more interesting, I think, from an action standpoint. But uh, yeah, I think Alien it it kind of does that genre blend of like horror action, which I think is really good. Um, with this is more just like a little bit of sci-fi than mostly just like big explosions, which is hard to go back and forth. But like you're saying, I mean, the thing that I really like about this movie is kind of that tiny sci-fi aspect. Uh, the Predator character design, I think, it's badass here, man. Um, obviously, you have kind of all the small details that are cool, the cloaking device which is a ripoff from Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, the acid blood, which is like luminescent, just kind of really cool looking. Uh, the purring like cat noises it does when it's about to attack its prey, I think is kind of really terrifying and, and pretty badass. Even like the little three uh, like dots on its like oh, yeah. uh, its aim thing is, is cool. Uh, heat vision, even like the cinematography kind of behind that is, is different and interesting mm-hmm. and something I feel like you don't see a lot in, in 80s actions movies. A really cool moment I like too is like when Danny Glover just gets like a tiny glimpse. Danny of Glover, Cody. Oh fuck! I wrote that down on my notes. I can't keep him apart. All right, yeah. When Carl Weathers sees like a tiny little glimpse of him when his uh his uh, cloaking device goes down for a second, it's like holy shit! It's like, a that great is, shot. That's that awesome. Zoom in on his face. Yeah, I love that moment, Cody. Um, um yeah, the design. I, awesome. I wanted to talk a little. Like a I, I, I got some. <laughs> I got some behind the scenes on some of the stuff you just talked about. So I love mm-hmm. you're teeing me right up. Uh, the blood, you know how they did that, Cody? Glow sticks. Crack them open. It does look like Blood that, to be fair. Works yeah. well. Um, and then the cloaking effect uh, was achieved by they had the creature suit, the person who was playing it, uh, in basically a big red suit. So, you know, rather than using like green screen that you would typically see uh, or blue screen, well, they're in a jungle that's entirely green. They have yeah. to use something that stands out. So they have him use red and then they would shoot a second take with a camera with a 30% wider lens and nobody in the shot. So then they would use that wider lens shot to replace the uh, red person, which is where you get that refracted look of kind of the distortion and the outline between the two. Um, and you can kind of see the actual uh, rotoscope being done, uh, which is a really cool and unique idea. Uh, it looks great for an 80s effect. That is really cool. I feel like um, from an effect standpoint, too, I mean, obviously that's super creative, but even the other kind of um, physical effects, too, I feel like it's the 80s. Obviously, you're going to have like this physical like blood squirts and all of, like guts and stuff hanging around. So I think from a visual perspective, this movie is pretty cool. And yeah, all the practical effects I, I really like here, too. So, Cody, the person who plays the Predator, do you know mm-hmm. what else they famously have played? I don't. Is it the alien? I don't I have no idea. <laughs> so uh, shout out to Kevin Peter Hall. This man is seven feet tall. 
Uh, oh, wow. And he also was Harry and Harry and the Hendersons, Cody. <laughs> wow. I would have never guessed that in a million years, but <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, for a seven footer too, I mean, you got to be pretty athletic to to do some of the things just running around. So, well, it's also interesting. Harry and the Henderson sh- uh, suit was probably hell to to film that movie. So, shout out to him. But, yeah. It was interesting because there was a they were originally going to have. Uh, also, apparently, he played Leor in Star Trek: The Next Generation, one episode, nineteen eighty nine. Cody, not sure if you're familiar. Um, Maybe. <laughs> a really tall guy who I'm thinking of in the next generation, but it could be somebody else. Who knows? Uh, he also plays the helicopter pilot at the end of the movie. He's that guy. Oh, uh, nice. They had originally planned to have like a martial arts expert. I can't remember the name of the uh, person they had planned, but to do all the predator and it was going to be a much more physical role. Um, but that just didn't work out in the suit at all. So they were like, we just need someone big and massive and we're going to, you know, make it look menacing. And um Keith, uh, Kevin Peter Hall really kills it uh, as the role, and he is huge. Yeah, shout out to him. And I agree, too. I think, like, as a villain altogether, like, there's a decent amount of tension in this movie. He's, he's fairly menacing, I feel like, throughout. A couple specific scenes. I haven't talked about Jesse Ventura too much, but we'll get into him and in, in the ugly in a second, too. But um, right after he gets killed, when Matt comes in with and he kind of picks up his minigun and just starts spraying everything, and then obviously everybody comes in and joins him, but like after that, when they all kind of run out and that minigun is like still spinning because <laughs> everybody's just like so focused in, I think the tension there is super cool. And then kind of fast forwarding to the end here a little bit too, but when uh, Arnie is kind of one-on-one with him and he's kind of chasing him through the water at the end, it's kind of like that cool, uh, it's like Jaws-esque music in a sense, like da 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 I thought that was cool too, but I mean, there's like the music throughout I, I think is decent. But I think that really adds into just like the tension uh, just from kind of the predator, you know, stalking these people, which I think is entertaining. It's incredibly smart with just like what it gives you at every point in the movie. You talked about how the predator has all these cool things, heat vision, ray guns, lasers, knives. But like you don't know all that, right? That's not the first time you see him kill somebody. He doesn't use all of his tricks, right? It's like every time it's something a little bit different. So it builds and he becomes a little bit more scary. And you see him use the heat vision and then the different type of vision and the invisibility. And it's just every time it's building and building. And then, like you said, the score is super effective uh, in those moments when he's hunting and you just know he's going to kill somebody or rip somebody's spine out um and he is 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 truly menacing and they they use him extremely effectively over that you know hour and 47 minute runtime um you get to 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 learn something new every moment which is cool yeah and i think it's a good setup for kind of the rest of the franchise in a sense just because it does keep it like super vague and it doesn't really give you any, any information about like who this character is or why is he doing this or where is he from so i think like leaving these open questions sort of like in um the force awakens just like leaving a bunch of open questions i think it's good to kind of propel a franchise but as we've seen with kind of both of those franchises it doesn't really kind of lead anywhere so i think obviously uh sort of the vagueness is cool but you kind of need to know where you're going with it if you're going to continue on yeah it is better when it is not uh something that's so deeply connected to uh (laughs) people emotionally as maybe (laughs) you know one of the uh, largely largest celebrated franchise of all time like star wars is cody <laughs> yeah true shout out jj but like i was saying earlier too i do have a few quotes that i love i think this movie is like very very quotable um which again 80s action i feel like is it's not super surprising but some of my favorites 
Jesse Ventura had one specifically. Uh, he got hit at the beginning, and the guy was like, dude, like, you're bleeding. You got hit. He said, I ain't got time to bleed. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Oh. Okay. You got time to duck? And the guy just, I think it's Shane Black says back. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I like the interaction a lot. Um, the second one, it's an Arnold classic. He throws a machete through a guy and he says, stick around. Stick around. <laughs> so that's great. Also, roll all these clips going forward if you go to the edit. And then the last one, yeah. about as about as iconic as it gets. You know what I'm going to say here. Get to the chopper! Uh, <laughs> Run! Go! Get to the chopper! I, I, I like that too because it's not like at the very, very end. You still have like a half hour left at that mark. So I think that's a cool thing to kind of, you know, propel you into the final act of the movie. But yeah, that that's by far my favorite quote, I think. Get to the chopper. I mean, that that's undefeated. That may be the best Arnold quote of all time. Um, I think between that and I'll be back, it, it's pretty close. He teases you with a little bit of a, a chopper early on, but and then when he hits you with the full force laying on the ground, gets the chopper. It's it's a beautiful moment. I, I want to hear your. Uh, let's hear your. Get to the, <laughs> get to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little Bane esque, but not bad. Not bad. <laughs> You were simply molded the dark. I was born in the dark. You were simply molded by it. Get to the chopper. Yeah, that, was, that was nice. <laughs> Get to the chopper. I think Arnold has said that's actually his favorite co- quote as well, Cody. So you nice. two uh, have that in common at the very least. <laughs> I think he's he's on the right page there. I'm shocked he got it right, honestly. But uh, I think that's his best for sure. I was waiting the whole movie for him to say it. Uh, he's insane in this. I will say he's he's very good. Also looks crazy uh he's wearing like the sluttiest tank top possible cody running around the jungle and i believe he even lost like 25 30 pounds before the filming of this to just like really cut down and just be absolutely jacked um him and carl weathers both looking uh insane yeah peak uh peak male form right there i'd say prime prime already and definitely prime carl Weathers too just from a physical standpoint And kind of along with a really cool shot that I like just with Arnold's physicality was kind of at the very end where he lights kind of the torch and uh, he's like screaming in the dark. He kind of really looks like the Survivor logo in that moment. (laughs) So I love that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's insane that he even like hut weight before this movie, because like you said, I mean, he's just a juggernaut throughout. In this game, fire represents your life. Sure. Maybe uh, Survivor was inspired a little bit by Predator, dude. We'll have to ask Jeff when, I, when I'm on the show. Get back to us with that coming uh, after season 47, Cody. I had one other thing, and uh, going all the way to the end here, um, I mentioned in our Martian episode how uh, I'm a sucker for a good old credit roll with mm. uh, with, with freeze frames, and uh, I think this is a great one. Obviously, like I said, too, it kind of revealed to me that the nerdy guy was Shane Black, so that was kind of really cool. <laughs> But just all like the super cheesy shots of all of them. Even the last one with Arnold at the end, kind of just like staring into the camera. I thought was awesome. So like I said, I'm just a sucker for kind of credit scenes like that. And and they knew exactly what they were doing there. It is especially good because it was like, look to the camera, bat your eye. Like they're all doing yeah. like a bit, you know, it's not just uh, them in the movie. It's very specific for the credit role. <laughs> yeah, I love it.
<laughs> Moving on over to the bad. Uh, you shouted out the quips. I want to say that this movie for an Arnold 80s movie, I think the quips are kind of mid. Oh. I think Get to the Choppa is the best one, like you said. And for that being the best one, that's not great. It's not even a, like a, he's not saying that to the predator. He's just saying it to this random uh, female character who really has no bearing or weight on the story and is just strangely there. The stick around thing, that's fine. He does like a knock knock bit and then just shoots up a house like. Knock knock. There's really not a lot of talking. So I'll say this movie's lacking in the funny. uh, There's no uh, there's no I'll be back. There's no uh, predecessors that are they're great. There's no chewing bubble gum, kicking ass. There's nothing as good as that. I mean, come on, Arnie, you can do better. <laughs> Damn, really going after him. I think stick around is a uh, is a great Arnie line, virtually. But yeah, I think it is carried heavily. I get to the choppa, but uh, still good overall. I think like the it's not like as quotable. I think from the other characters other than Arnold. But I think that's kind of the beauty of it, of of Shane Black's dialogue is it kind of feels realistic in a sense, which is cool. But Shane Black's dialogue, he wrote it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote his dialogue. I mean, like you said, nobody really talks that much in this movie. It's kind of like Shane Black, Jesse Ventura and uh, uh, your background guy. Which again, I can't remember his name, but they kind of have a little bit Bill back. Bill Duke Bill playing Mac. I feel like I've seen him in, in, in uh, something else. He's got a recognizable face, but. Uh, yeah, Bill Duke and Jesse Ventura. They have He's a little in X Men: The Last Stand. Cody he plays Trask. Oh, he does play Trask. Shout out Pete. Shout out, shout out the Dink Man too. But uh, that's cool. X Men: Last Stand. Oh man, I don't even think he has his name dropped in that. But uh, that movie's absolutely terrible. But, yeah, that makes me like him a lot less. I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, I agree. I mean, the dialogue's not great. I don't think that's really the uh, the focus of the story. But definitely deserves to be in the bad. My big thing here, actually, which I'll just kick off the bat. I was talking about Carl Weathers' character in here. I don't really love his character um, in this movie, if I'm being honest. I thought his death was really cool <laughs> at the end, where his arm gets, like, chopped off, and then the Predator's just, like, sprinting at him while he's cloaked. I think that visual is really fun. But he's kind of just, like, an asshole the entire time. Like you said, he, he is kind of, like, uh, specifically involved with the female character, too. Like, just, he wants to kind of take her hostage for some reason, which I don't really understand. And then he's kind of just like babysitting her the entire time, uh, which is kind of just uninteresting. And because she doesn't really have any lines, which again, 80s action movie that that probably goes in the ugly a little bit. But her character, I thought, was just kind of uh, disrespected and and not really even a part of the story. So I guess they just wanted to have a female in the movie, which, you know, is understandable. But I mean, at least give her anything to do. Uh, I really don't understand the inclusion. Yeah, I mean, because she's speaking Spanish, she can't even really communicate. It, it's very unfortunate. I mean, the, also the whole thing with Carl Weathers is like, because of the mission, you just don't care about it. Like, it doesn't matter. And his yeah. character is so based on in on the mission and the fact that it's like kind of a betrayal, secret CIA thing. Like, in, in which like none of that matters or or has any like true bearing on the plot because this movie's about the predator at the end of the day yeah because uh he just um, doesn't work it was like oh uh he didn't tell arnold like why they were actually there Mm -hmm. it's like who freaking cares dude like they just took out a bunch of russians which i mean they were gonna do anyways but yeah it's kind of like oh he backstabbed him but they're still boys uh so it doesn't really make any sense to me another big thing character wise that i dislike is the guy with your background bill duke for me, I don't really get why he is like so sad once Jesse Ventura dies. 
just because like Jesse Ventura's character specifically is like this massive, uh, you know, bigot, obviously. We'll get to the ugly here in a second. It's kind of just an asshat who's like spitting dip on on Carl Weathers' feet before they get there, which is just the ultimate sign of disrespect, too. So when he kind of eats it, like this this Bill guy is like, oh, my gosh, that was my brother. I'm so mad. It's like, dude, this guy's an asshat. Why do you why do you care about this idiot? But that kind of just really griped me of like, I don't think this character would give two shits if, if this guy kicked the can. So he's yeah. uh he sticks to his brothers, man. He's a true army man. The thing is, uh, I just don't like any of these guys. Like, I don't think any of them are memorable or like you said, you, the names, they all slip past Shane Black. Cause I was looking on IMDb as I was watching. I was like, oh, Shane Black's in this movie. He's playing Hawkins. I can't figure out which one that is. I don't even really know which one he looks like. Like, you know, like it's just hard to even like place anybody. There's it's a large team, which works because as they're getting picked off and killed, the movie can keep going. You know, if it's a small team that doesn't last very long, but like, I think other movies do a lot better job of actually getting you invested in every single member of the team and you want them to thrive. And when somebody dies, you feel that when somebody dies in this, it's literally inconsequential. Sure. Carl Weathers, it kind of sucks to see him go because we know him as Apollo Creed, but not because we like him as a character. It would suck to see Arnie die, but obviously he survives here. Um, I think what would take this from good to great is having a group of memorable characters yeah. that matter. I do agree with that. It's definitely more about kind of the process of of just these guys dying than actually kind of caring about them as characters. Um, like you said, I mean, the only likable one really here is is Arnold. Well, I guess you have Billy, too. Uh, we haven't talked about him too much, but he's kind of just like the silent badass who is kind of, you know, uh, Arnie's right hand man, I would say, in the team. And they have a lot of respect. He's the tracker. Them. He's the, you know, the Native American character. Kind of right. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, not uh, not great there either. But there's a lot of there's a lot of ugly, which we'll get into a second, too. But I do agree. I mean, if the characters were developed a lot more, I think that would you know make them a little bit more interesting. But I think they spend a lot more time kind of on the Predator, which I think is a smart move overall, unless you want to make this like a two and a half hour movie, which I'd probably be on board for, too. But yeah, I think from a writing standpoint, they were more interested in kind of, you know, making jokes and stuff than I mean, we don't know anything about these guys, if we're being honest, uh, not even Arnold, really. And I mean, there's something could be said of like, you know, faceless, nameless army guys that are sent to central america to do a job at the bidding of the government a job that they were not even properly told uh about what they were doing and they're going to kill a bunch of uh foreign you know uh militants and then uh all die themselves and nobody's gonna bat an eye so like sure there's something we said there i don't think this movie's actually saying any of that that's the thing <laughs> no <laughs> i don't think this movie's trying to make any statements about anything to be honest, other than predators are cool uh, which i mean hey <laughs> yeah they do pretty good on that same point but my main gripe with the predator it's kind of got a, an annoying weakness i think uh mud mm. is the the predator's kryptonite here what do you what do you think about that Corbin? <laughs> also hit my uh bad as well cody don't believe it don't buy it i was trying to do some research because i like vaguely remembered a mythbusters episode where they had like maybe disproven that and i couldn't like find the clip but i did find a thing where it was like they tested heat vision on mud and it didn't work. I know corridor crew who I've talked about before uh, that does a lot of like VFX and uh, other similar breakdowns on YouTube did a thing where they were testing heat vision versus mud, but they did theirs in broad daylight with um, like a lot of coverage of different things and the mud. And like, I think if you did it at night with that, 
I, I just don't buy it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's happening. And he's yeah. an alien. Just, he's getting beat by mud. No shot. Also at that point, like, why didn't, well, I guess, I don't know. His eyesight is, is an interesting kind of talking point too, because if he just like takes off his mask, would he be able to see better in the dark? I mean, Arnie still has his well, eyes open. If I need to get so. on Xenopedia real quick and get into <laughs> what the predator can and can't see, Cody, I, I don't want to. <laughs> it's not that deep, really, but I just think that's kind of a dumb weakness is, oh, all you have to do is cover yourself in mud and, and suddenly you're invisible to this alien creature with insane technology. So, I mean, even at the beginning of the movie, he's like, oh, like this helicopter was taken out with like heat, heat-seeking missiles. Where the hell was that at the end? Just light one of those bad boys up and... You're either hitting a possum or you're hitting Arnie straight in the chest. So I think that would have been a good idea. My other main gripe too, with just like the overall story, I think, um, I guess pacing wise, I was, I was mostly saying positives on that, but kind of uh, the very end showdown. I think we have like this little montage that is, is not completely necessary. I think it maybe leans into the cheese a little bit too hard, kind of going, you know, more leaning on that Rocky side of things where, Oh, you got to get ready for the final fight. It's very or- sexual. <laughs> I yeah. don't like it. <laughs> yeah. We need a, a like cross edit of like different music for that. More like a sexual music. I think that would fit pretty well. But yeah, I didn't really enjoy that. I think if you just cut that like 10 minutes out, it's kind of just like a, a really clean 90 minute movie, which would be fun. But yeah, that was main thing for story wise. I was like, eh, it's kind of, you know, dragging on with this stupid montage of Arnie kind of mudding himself up and then just putting a couple traps down while while the predators, I don't even know, he's he's like dis- disintegrating everybody and making a skull statue or something. So I guess that's cool. But <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets some uh, gives him a free shot. I guess, you know, he jumps off the cliff and then he's, you know, he's like, whatever, go ahead, build a trap and we'll meet up <laughs> sure. later. All right, let's move on over to the ugly. I think there's a ton of stuff we can run through here. Yeah. I mentioned the Central American government meddling, very typical of the U.S. I guess you can say in the context of the story, like I said, that's kind of a critique, maybe. The CIA is always down there in Central America causing uh, problems, uh, but really not not what's happening here. Uh, also, our, our army guys, they're, they're making weird comments about like this is the South Americans and their their mountain warfare. And, and it's just, you know, there's a lot going on. Uh, you mentioned the the character throwing out the slurs. We get a nice F slur followed by a really weird thing about um, Tyrannosaurus sexual energy. Do you, do you know what's going on with that? Take a little yeah, that... chew and you got T-Rex energy. <laughs> I guess. I don't really know what that even means, if I'm being honest. But yeah, that line kind of went over my head. Yeah, obviously Jesse Ventura's character, like you said, throwing out the F-bombs. Definitely dated overall. Of course, too, you have the Shane Black dialogue in the chopper, too. Uh, which you want to repeat those jokes, either of those? <laughs> no, not 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 specifically, but basically just talking about how his girlfriend's got like a big pussy, basically. That's that's and that's all echoes. he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, true. It's a cave out there. Uh, which he got a laugh on the second one. So I guess that's all he's going for. But you gotta keep trying, man. Miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah, not great. But obviously, I mean, that's the obvious stuff. Obviously, it's just like an 80s action movie. So it's going to be big time dated kind of just dialogue and stuff like that. So I don't think it deserves a pass. And I'm not giving it a pass, but pretty disgusting stuff there. Oh, also, I mean, I have a question. I guess this is going back a little bit, but Jesse Ventura's death, like right before he gets like sniped by the Predator, he like sees it's like a badger or it's like a little weasel or mm. something. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Like what? He got distracted by some sort of like mammal 
in the in the forest and i was like you're stupid jesse ventura um but right after he gets killed too i already talked about it with like the spinning minigun which is cool just from a sound standpoint but i mean straight up in that scene in a lot of other scenes here too i mean deforestate deforestation occurs pretty much every like 10 to 15 minutes i would say so <laughs> i get it you know it's the 80s they probably don't care too much but i mean south america one of the uh few places that still has like amazing jungle life left um i don't think we should be celebrating or promoting you know just destroying every every single thing in in a, in a little jungle area so i thought that was pretty ugly too old please okay. but shout out the badger that i'm distracted him. i don't know what it was dude i i got like a <laughs> tiny glimpse of it and i was like is that like a real animal um a lot of questions mostly but yeah i read it somewhere i'm just trying to find <laughs> what it was <laughs> right yeah. My money's on badger. I'd put down. I'd put down good money on a badger, but it's I don't. Like I don't Mexican <laughs> porcupine or something. Yeah, they're not really. I don't think too common in South America though. So there's probably no badgers in the jungles, if we're being honest. But that's what it looked like. Talking about other animals as well. But there's another scene where they found they find the bodies for the first time, where they're skinned and stuff, which is obviously pretty, pretty horrifying to look at. But there's like vultures there, you know, which, you know, makes sense. But then these guys just start kicking the vultures around. Like, uh, I don't know, this movie, uh, P-Day would probably have a field day with it here. But yeah, n- not a lot of kind of, uh, you know, animal animal activists, I guess, in, in this military crew, which is sad. But shout out the Badger, man. Uh, he kind of did the hard work here. So I think he's the real hero. But those vultures deserve some respect, too. Cody, uh, to answer your question, the animal was a porcupine. It's not a porcupine, man. <laughs> uh, like it was a South porcupine. American porcupine, Cody. <laughs> it's a big ass. They're different than the ones we have uh, up here in the U.S. I don't know if I've ever seen a porcupine in in real life. Let me be honest, but yeah, fair enough. We might have to uh, get a get a good picture or video of that bad boy and and uh, do some research. But you got any more ugly? I, I feel like my animal stuff covered the majority of here. Well, listen. While it might not be good for animals in real life or in this movie, it was also tough on the actors who were filming it as well. Uh, mm. Down there in the jungle, they shot this. They had leeches, snakes, uh, crazy humidity, uh, crazy cold weather. Uh, oftentimes when Arnie was shooting the mud scenes, he was freezing and shivering for a lot of it, which I guess, hey, that does benefit the fact that the heat vision might not work. But um, overall, I think it was kind of a shit show uh, for all the actors involved and, and they were suffering, not just at the hands of the predator. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that does make sense. I feel like just the environment that you'd have to shoot this in would be a little bit extreme. But yeah, I guess a uh, little, little cold mud they hooked him up with. Uh, yeah, practical effects people, I guess, let him down on that standpoint. But yeah, I, I'm sure it was not very fun to shoot this show. Shout out McTiernan, shout out the actors, but I'm sure it was not the most fun kind of just to make in general. Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. And we're back with Invite Fight Night. Totally invite your personal friend Spider-Man. I want to fight you. Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight. Cody, who would you like to invite on the podcast? It's a tough one. And like a... Uh... Invite Fight Night, I think, here altogether is a little bit difficult just because the majority of the characters kind of kick the can by the end. So I think, in my thinking, everyone's kind of on an open field here. We can bring back anybody from the dead we want to. Mm. Um, 
but even saying that my invite it is going to be arnold uh like i said dutch just a great name in general so i kind of want to question him on is that a nickname is that your real name it's kind of the first thing that i'm asking off the bat but past that i mean i kind of just want to hear his you know overall you know childhood upbringing how did he get to this point where you know he's obviously this military guy but he's extremely jacked he's obviously been through a ton of stuff uh, even with this like particular crew, I think they'd have a ton of stories. And obviously being the leader, I think he'd have the most insights. Um, and then this specific mission too, obviously he has the majority of the information, the lone survivor at the end. So I think uh, from a podcast standpoint, he'd, he'd be pretty interesting to have on. He's going to be the guy that has the most information about a defeated predator, Cody. And in True. terms of future interactions, it might be good to have that info. Um, plus also the accent on the pod. Come on. He could say get, get to the chopper all he wants. Get to the chopper. <laughs> We'd have to, I'd, I'd tell him to say that like 10 times. So yeah, it'd be a must. You uh, were talking about the uh, skinned dudes at the beginning of the movie. And I don't know if you remember when they pulled the dog tag off of the so-called green berets. The name of this person that was killed is Jim Hopper. Now, I don't know if you know, Cody, but we know a hmm. Jim Hopper from one stranger things universe. So yeah. I think they might be connected. We're going to have to invite this guy on the podcast and get to the bottom of it. What does he know about 11? Maybe the timeline kind of adds up there. Cause obviously stranger thing in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I, I did not catch that uh, during the movie. So it's a good catch from you, but yeah, shout out Jim Hopper. That's I would have loved to seen his character in this movie too. So Give us that crossover any day of the week. Give us a prequel with, with him and Army fighting Predators. So, uh, what he gets up to after everybody else gets murdered. And what do you want to fight? I'm going after my main man here. Uh, you know, like I said, can't can't even tell him apart, but I'm taking Carl Weathers. Uh, specifically, just his character here, really. Just a real dick, like we had said. And going from Chubbs to, uh, to this character is just an absolute letdown. So... Even though he does eat it at the end, I want to jump in in front of the Predator and uh, get a lick in before he kind of takes him out. I didn't really know who to fight in this movie because I don't think there's anybody I'd have a they're chance all, with. They're all hateable, really. But Well, they're yeah. all that's the thing. They're all hateable, but they're all also bigger than me, Cody. Uh, right. So I don't know. I, I was thinking maybe the Scorpion would be my best chance. He, he gets a pretty easy uh, little knife to the back. So I think I could. Think I don't know. Him. I wouldn't mess with him personally. I'm being honest. But Another I, animal for PETA to, to be about. I'd go after the Badger, but I'd, I'd probably stay away from the Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> that porcupine's fucking scary, man. No shot. Night, Cody. Who do you want to night? Again, there, there's a couple options here. I think obviously Arnie, just uh him like walking out uh when they had like all the traps set, just massive stones to kind of walk out there for your team. So respect there. But my night, it's gonna be Billy. I mentioned him earlier. He seems just like a good guy overall. Um, like I said, maybe a little bit stereotypical, like Native American, which sucks, but kind of his it's kind of a lame sacrifice in the end, is what it comes out to. But him, like, he does, you know, attempt a sacrifice, like him stabbing himself and being like, come after me, Predator. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't put up too much of a fight after that. It's about 10 seconds. But I think he's just a good guy overall. So I think he, he deserves the knighthood here. I, I think that's definitely fair. He's uh, the one that's actually going around trying to do something for most of the time. Most of these guys seem pretty useless out there. And, and Billy's putting in an effort. I thought about knighting the Predator just because, you know, he's a G. 
can't disrespect him. Uh, one of the all-time greats. But I'm actually going to knight the location scout for this movie, Cody. I don't know who it was, but whoever found the jungles that they were filming in, uh, they did a good job because it may be hell for the actors. It looks really good. I think it's some some top-tier jungle work, and uh, I love the, the just the setting of the film. 100%. The environment is awesome. And like I'm saying, too, just the fact that they're able to keep it kind of in pretty much the same place the entire time, I think is cool, too. But yeah, I agree completely. Lo- location scouting, uh, big ups to you guys, because uh, that's definitely one of the, the best things I think about the movie. The recast. Bond. James Bond. My name's Bond. James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. Cody, I only have one, so uh, I'll let you I have start. A couple. I'll start off. I did want to replace Shane Black. Um, mm. Obviously, just not like a, a classic actor here. He's, like I said, more of a behind-the-scenes guy, it seems like, in, in a lot of these productions. So I want to replace him, and obviously, he's the comedic relief. This is, you know, uh, the 80s. Let's bring in Rick Moranis, dude. That guy's awesome. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't fit, like, the whole action standpoint things. But you could buff him up, get him in the gym with Arnie for a couple weeks before shooting, and and this guy's going to be awesome. So I miss Rick Moranis in general, so I think uh, he'd be an awesome addition to this movie. Yeah, just nerdy 80s guys, Cody. Yeah. You, uh, you're all over it. I like it. Uh, my one prick, and it isn't even really for this movie. It's just pitching a new Predator, maybe. Let's get Zac Efron in a Predator movie. I want to see this guy in a jungle, basically just throw it back to the original commando fully ripped out hunting a predator let's make it happen i'm high on the iron claw recently yeah that's fair i think throwing in jeremy all night in his squad would be great just get all those guys also like maybe maybe make zach zach efron one of the side guys and let the rock be the main guy no i think that'd be awesome that's the obvious thing we cannot (laughs) let this happen it would not be good i don't know I put, maybe, I'm putting my foot down. No, The Rock will not maybe, be in the Predator movie. Cody. Maybe you just market him as a star. Then, like, uh, The Rock's the first one killed he's off. He's killed, yeah. Okay. Zach Efron, I like he, it. he steps in and it takes control. But, Danny uh, <laughs> Glover, too. Let's bring him in. Yeah, bring him in. Why not? Why not? Um, and funny enough, my second one, I'm keeping Carl Weathers in, but he needs to be joined by Danny Glover. So I want to replace Jesse Ventura who obviously is, is kind of a bigot, just terrible guy overall. And I want to replace him with Danny Glover. So Danny and Carl kind of he can still be an asshole, jungle. you know, fucking yeah. with people. But no, yeah, just like don't it. have to drop the F-bombs or anything. But uh, I think Danny and, and Carl would have a great, you know, dynamic just from a personal standpoint. So I'd love to see that. Uh, there you go. I don't know if that really helps you, Cody. Um, also, big, well, big bomb for you here, Cody. Danny Glover in Predator 2, the star of Predator 2. <laughs> wow. Okay. See, I didn't know that. I uh, I'll have to watch that. Now. <laughs> Probably That's why crazy. you get them confused. In all honesty. <laughs> well, there you go. There's my finally Cody I a, a decent excuse. Yeah, I swear, guys. <laughs> but, um, that is pretty funny. I didn't even realize that though. So shout out to him. Uh the beauty of that one is it's a predator, but in L.A. <laughs> yeah, Glover. I saw his. It's like the Jurassic Park thing where, oh, for the sequel, we got to bring him into San Diego and they got to be running around like I don't really see. I don't want to see him in the real world, if I'm being honest, like it's a dinosaur. It's a predator. So I might have to check it out just for Dan Glover. But that premise sounds pretty, pretty stupid. Decent cast always for these movies, just because I feel like this first one pretty popular. But I mean, who wouldn't want to get you know killed by a predator? But at least make it a little bit better. 
<laughs> the rating, Cody. What do you want to rate this movie out of 69? But do you like me? This one's tough, man. It's it's like I did enjoy this movie. This would be a movie that I would want to watch again. I think the rewatchability of it is also another positive. But I mean it is dated. Um it's not like the best action movie or anything I've ever seen. So it's kind of middle ground for me. I think I'm gonna go a 47 out of 69. I think that's respectable. I think in theory I could even put a little bit higher. Um, I think it's hovering around like that three and a half, four star range for me, but probably doesn't get to that four star range. So I think 47 is, is a safe spot to put it. Uh, very respectful, Cody. I'm going to give it a 48. We are feeling Ooh. very similar today. I will say for you, that puts it right next to the amazing Spider-Man number two and Ooh. insidious. Not, okay. uh, not great flicks. I probably and rated uh, <laughs> the amazing Spider-Man two a little bit high. That was a 47 or around that range. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, not great. And then for me, it puts it by uh, Men in Black and The Last mm. Jedi. So there oh, you go. Jesus Christ. Oh, still talking <laughs> Star Wars. Men in Black, I think, is a great comparison. I would put it probably around the same range. I think Insidious is a decent one, too. I mean, just kind of a, a good movie. Like, not overly great, but not overly bad either. Kind of in that middle ground. You might also like. Who knows? You might like it. It's a killer rush. Cody, what would you wreck to the people who if they're uh, fans of Predator? I got a few here. I think um, this genre can get can definitely go into a lot of other movies. I mean, the obvious ones, Terminator 1, especially Terminator 2. If you love Arnie in this movie, uh, Terminator 2 is, is one of my favorite action movies of all time. So I'd highly recommend that. And then kind of different directions past that. I was thinking uh, The Nice Guys, which um, I feel like we talked about recently, maybe RCR briefly. Well, that directly was written by Shane Black. So if you like kind of some of the snippy dialogue here, um, but actually good, I would go watch The Nice Guys. So I think that as an underrated, you know, detective kind of a little bit of action uh, comedy in there. And then my last one is kind of just straight up like sci-fi action, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Obviously, Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt are both awesome in that. If you kind of just really like the last hour of this movie, I would say, or I guess even the first half hour with all the explosions and stuff. I think Edge of Tomorrow is a really good kind of just like modern sci-fi action flick. So I'd recommend that too. Definitely a good recommendation there. I was going to throw out Kong Skull Island. Kind of, of you know, people on an <laughs> island. There's a jungle. There's kind of an alien. Not really. Um, and if you haven't seen Prey, definitely go watch that because a really yeah. cool, unique twist on it. Um, taking a look at what would, you know, happen when the predator uh, lands on Earth in like the you know 1600s and you know faces uh the indigenous people of uh north america really cool concept and uh really well done sad that it didn't get a theatrical release like we were talking about i haven't seen that either so that'll uh maybe after predator 2 uh i'll fast forward to that one gotta get danny glover in first but that'll be on my list coming up for sure shoot to the shoot to the top at the very least uh the final question, Cody. What's your final question for me? All right, listen, I got one last question for you. This is a tough one to come up with. It's kind of twofold, I guess, but off the bat, we haven't talked a ton about Arnold. Mine are going to be centered around him mostly here. But I guess, like, do you think Arnold is a good action star? Um, or I guess along with that, do you think, like, Arnold is a good actor in general? Mm. I don't know if I've ever seen him, like, now listen, I'll admit I have like I said, I'm not a huge action person, so I haven't seen a ton of his movies. I've never seen him like deliver a performance where I'm like, wow, Arnold Schwarzenegger can act, right? And right. that is tough when it's like he's always doing the same voice, he's always doing like the same it, it always feels like the same exact character in every movie. Um, but he 
basically created the action star and you know invented it and everyone else was trying to mold uh after what he was creating what he was doing so i I think he uh is very important to movies and you know without him you don't have guys like jason statham making you know killing the box office with the beekeeper every weekend true and then along with that guys um do you think he should have retired earlier or do you like his inclusion like in the later like terminator films and stuff (laughs) I haven't seen any of the later Terminator Uh, films, but I'm just going to imagine, Cody, uh, that that they're not good. No, he's terrible. I think, um, I agree. I think from an action standpoint, he's great. I think from an actor, he's he's just really, really bad. But yeah, what's your final question for me, man? How many people die in this movie, Cody? Interesting. I mean, are we talking like all of the uh, the militia guy and the explosions too? Oh, And uh, also creatures as well. How many creatures die? Okay. Uh, make sure to remember the scorpion here um so his team i believe is six people and obviously he makes it i think the girl makes it too right does she survive i don't remember i think that, she does dude she's literally she's get to the chopper and then we don't see her until like yes yeah, she's on the chopper at the she's end in there? Like, okay it's so dumb that she, she just disappears and is never heard from yeah okay so five with the team but obviously it's a lot more than that we're talking animals scorpions one there are any other obvious animal deaths maybe the predator kills one in the beginning or something um okay there's like four people hanging uh skinned in the tree so that's up to like 12 we'll say how many people do we think get killed in that camp oh my goodness i'll say like 30 ish so i'll go i'll say i'm thinking like mid 50s i'll say 53 the answer, according to the IMDb trivia section, which I honestly can't really say is accurate, uh, is allegedly 69 humans. Ooh, one scorpion, that? one boar, and one predator. So, oh, I forgot about the pig. Yeah. Oh, and the predator. 72 the creatures total. Nice. I mean, I mean, I should have just guessed 69 if I'm being honest based off our rating system. But yeah, that's that's my bad. <laughs> I forgot about the pig. I knew there was another animal death I couldn't think of. And that that was it. You know what, Cody? Uh, you win some, you lose some. Maybe you can win this next one. The three-movie mini-draft. Well, it is draft day. We're drafting movies with aliens. Uh, who's got the first pick? Um, I don't know. You can take the first pick. I think this this uh, draft is kind of wide open because there's so many good movies with aliens. So I- I'll let you go first. All right. With the number one pick, I'm going to take Arrival. Uh, one of your favorite movies of all time and movie we have covered on this podcast. Go listen to that episode. Great episode. Wow. That was a spite pick right there. Um, <laughs> you gave me the one pick, Cody, so I'm I'm taking it. Yeah, great pick. That was definitely at the top of my list. Uh, yeah, great film, obviously. Most of these are just going to be personal picks for me, if I'm being honest. But off the bat, I'll take an obvious one. I'll take E.T., the extraterrestrial. Not sure if this is on your radar, but obviously a Spielberg classic. I think from an, just like a classic alien standpoint. E.T. is one of the, the coolest and, and one of the best aliens of all time. So I'll take him first round. I like that, Cody. Uh, what's your second pick? Second pick? Ooh, I was going to take aliens, but since you were hating on it earlier, I'll actually <laughs> leave that be. I think I'm going to go. Oh, uh, man, there's so many movies I want to pick here. Being honest. I'll go District 9. I think uh, ah. it's definitely Neil Blomkamp's uh, best film that I've seen of his. And just like the prawn design is really cool. Also, just like all of the things that kind of that that movie is trying to say, I think is really impactful too. So, 
I'll go. Uh, that's like a cool, like almost like half of it's like found footage in a sense too, which is kind of just like interesting overall. But yeah, I, I like the trick nine a lot. I, I think I'll take that second. Yeah, I love that pick for you, Cody. Uh, I'm really mad that I couldn't grab it. I was definitely going to take it. Nice. Um, I'll go the thing here, the classic, the original. I just love the John Carpenter creature design. One of my favorite horror movies of all time. Truly chilling. The the blood testing scene is iconic. Um, so I feel great about having that on my team. And then I'll grab uh, The Empire Strikes Back, Cody, because there's definitely some aliens in that one. Uh, still plenty of Star Wars available to you if you want to dip your toe. But I'll, I'll throw it back over to you for your last pick. Can you name an alien in Empire Strikes Back? Can I name an alien in <laughs> Empire Strikes Back? Uh, Admiral Akbar, Cody. All right, fair enough. It's a trap. Uh, <laughs> good pick. I mean, obviously, you can't, it's hard to argue with uh, Empire. My last pick, Jabba the Hut. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And I guess I'll Bib Fortuna. <laughs> Bib Fortuna. Classic alien. Uh, I mean, a, a right along with Star Wars theme here. My last pick, I'm going to go Spaceballs. Um, obviously, more going on the comedy standpoint here and riffing on a ton of stuff, riffing off of Alien, riffing off of Star Wars, riffing off of Planet of the Apes, but it's all amazing. And um, obviously, the Spaceballs themselves are technically aliens. So shout out uh, Mel Brooks and, and that awesome comedy. And Rick Moranis again. Shout out. Dark your boy, your boy. Yeah. Uh, surprised you didn't take uh, Ghostbusters, everybody's favorite alien movie with that and another Rick Moranis picture. Yeah, after that uh, Frozen Empire trailer, I was thinking about it. But I don't really mention Steel I went throughout Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, first uh, uh, Star Trek First Contact. Uh, shout out the Borg, badass villains. And then, of course, Aliens, too. I feel like uh, probably in most other drafts, that would probably go like one or two. So Men in Black out. was there for me. Eh. That's what I was thinking. Mid. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> weekly watches, Cody. What have you been into? What have you been watching? Karen, honey, uh, what are you watching? Yeah, it's been a while since we've done one of these. I feel like uh, so I do have some stuff I'll run through quick. Uh, also, it's like prime college basketball season. So like decent amount of my free time is going towards that. But I've been trying to stay on the movie train. So recently I've watched Hustle for the first time. Which, of course, I love Adam Sandler. I'm surprised it kind of took me i guess a while to get around to watch that since i got netflix recently that was on there i was like definitely check that out i thought it was okay honestly not my favorite i mean sandler's good but he's definitely done like better dramatic stuff i think um and like the nba player inclusion is pretty cool too i mean seeing like anthony edwards act is really kermit. awesome yeah kermit uh, he really looks like a kermit too i feel like uh he that should just be his name in real life but uh juan uh juan hernan gomez whatever his name is the the main guy I think he's all right. He he didn't kind of impress me or, or do anything crazy, I don't think. So I'd recommend it if you like basketball, if you like Adam Sandler. I feel like that movie was kind of made for me, and, and I didn't love it, which is tough. But running, running through some other stuff, I watched Neighbors, which I'm going to watch a sequel, I think, this upcoming week, for, so stay tuned for that. But Zac Efron's great. Rose Byrne is awesome. Seth Rogen's just playing himself. So I like that movie a lot. You got a little bit of Dave Franco in there, too. So I think uh, it's kind of early careers for Zac Efron and, and Dave Franco, too. So Shout out to them. Obviously enjoy their work. Uh, other than that, I watched Chinatown for the first time. Uh, Jack Nicholson joined, obviously. Uh, 70s kind of murder mystery, uh, sort of North uh, thriller. Um, I did look at a good deal. They're, the ending specifically, which I won't go into spoilers. I was like, wait, what? What, the, what are we talking about? Um, kind of just a really weird plot point at the end, um, which I didn't really love. 
but everything other than that, I mean, Jack Nilkeson kind of getting beat up the entire movie, uh, like the uh, the the nose, you know, the stuff he's got going on, I think is fun. And I mean, it's Nicholson in the 70s, so I, I would definitely recommend it. And then last movie I checked out was Black Swan, which I had not seen either ever. Kind of off May, December. I mean, uh, wanted to check out some other like Natalie Portman kind of drama stuff. I mean, she's awesome. This obviously she. It's literally batshit crazy, just fun. Then you got Mila Kunis playing off her as well. So that movie altogether is obviously pretty strange and kind of just flashes around a bunch and you kind of have no idea, you know, what you're watching at times is even real life or if she's kind of just hallucinating the whole time, which I think is an interesting aspect with some of Aronofsky's movies, but I haven't seen all of his, his stuff. I would say Black Swan is probably one of my favorites that I have seen of his, but again, I, I haven't delved into his filmography too much. And then some TV I've been checking out uh binged uh the curse uh which is obviously hbo series that we will be doing oh actually i think we already have done an episode on right corbin a time series too so yeah whatever it's on max um no, it's not <laughs> oh it's on paramount plus whatever <laughs> it, it feels like it should be on max but uh <laughs> yeah it is showtime i guess same difference anywho i like nathan fielder a lot so i also went back and watched uh the rehearsal that first episode because i freaking love that uh, maybe had a bit of a bitter taste after watching The Curse, but uh, go check out my thoughts on our episode with that. It'll be a fun episode. And then the only other TV I've been watching too has been uh, True Detective Season 1, which I am actually um, on the season finale. I have one episode to go, but I've enjoyed it a good deal. I think um, there's a lot of... How far along are you in that series, Corbin? Finished uh, it. Yeah, you finished it? it? Okay. So we can talk pretty freely. Obviously, uh, I haven't seen the last episode, but... Um, I mean, the the character development between Woody Harrelson and uh, Matthew McConaughey, just like everything going on with their as lives. As you say, Cody, as you always say, it's a character piece. <laughs> really is. And I think McConaughey blows it out of the water, really. But um, everything with like Michelle Monaghan, um, kind of her character and their interactions is they, they go in an interesting direction. Even like Woody Harrelson's daughter, they go in an interesting direction. So I'm sure we'll have tons of thoughts on that, but I should be finishing that up hopefully in the next couple of days. So hopefully the finale blows me away. And I don't know. I, are you planning on watching the other uh, True Detective seasons? Because I heard they aren't very good. I did start the second one, but then I was kind of just like, I'm not super into this cast. Um, Mina is also finishing the first season. I think what I'll probably do instead is watch this new season because yeah. it's supposed to be kind of connected, mirrored, right? connected. Yeah, not, not, I don't know if it's really connected, but it's kind of, mm. it's supposed to be kind of like the, the opposite of this. It's, you know, this is hot and masculine. That's supposed to be like cold and feminine. And, you know, they're in Alaska and gotcha. you know, Jody uh, Foster is supposed to be really great. So I, maybe I'll just watch night country and then, you know, maybe one day, I mean, Mahershala Ali is in season three as well. So yeah. I don't know. He, he, uh, uh, he sometimes does like not great stuff though. Like he, I feel like he's a, uh, he's one of the guys who he'll pretty much say yes to anything. Love him, Herschel. But um, that's all my watches, man. Uh, what have you been to recently? I did take a big, like four or five day break, which for me is a big break on, on watching movies. Cause I was deep into that first season of true detective, which I did enjoy. Um, there is some pretty good direction. There's uh especially in the later episodes, a uh, really great one that goes on for, for a while. That's uh, very uh, <clears throat> intense with McConaughey's character. Uh, like you said, some of the stuff with the, the, the marriages and relationships is, is really tough. And it's also it's just like a bust. really, 
I mean, uh, the when they raid that drug house. Yeah, that's what awesome. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah the one or there yeah. is intense. Um, but when it comes to like the specifics of the crime, it, it just kind of gets really complicated, and it's you know, it's just a lot. And I don't think it's like a great mystery story, which I don't love. Um, but it is a, a fun character piece for sure. Um, on top of that, uh, we started watching the Percy Jackson show. We got oh, three wow. episodes into that. Um, it's okay. It's fine. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like a movie is too short of a medium for the book, but maybe this TV show is too long of a medium where it's like this first episode, it's like nothing happened. The second episode, nothing really happened. It's like, you know, it's a tough thing. It's like maybe we could do a six episode season one. Um, and also the thing that I really struggle with is I don't think the first book is the best it's like story like it's a lot of setup and you got to get through it and then there's a lot more interesting stuff so you hope that they can get there but you got to get you know people to watch and get into it um so i don't know we'll see also a disney plus show right i mean yeah have, have they ever really done tv well uh, have they ever stuck with know. something through you know five seasons is what they would have to do for this for five books yeah. i don't know seems unlikely um i'm feeling uh slightly more confident about the avatar the last airbender series that's coming out next month uh but i don't that's know cool. could also be similarly disappointed uh on top of that mina and i watched the favorite for mk300 as cody Webb's that. suggestion shout out to cody uh probably gonna be a while before that episode comes out but you can be uh, on the lookout to hear the thoughts i'm not it's not my favorite yorgos probably my least favorite yorgos <laughs> oh come on um Brutal. it is that thing where it's like i just don't really like stuff like that where it's knights and old-timey english even though this is more of a fantastical you know uh version of it it's just not interesting to me on top of that mina and i went and saw origin which is the new ava demirene movie did not work for me she enjoyed it a lot more than i did um the last like 20 minutes of the movie are basically her reading from her non-fiction book that she wrote and it's based on uh, I don't think that really works very successfully for a compelling movie. It is some very interesting ideas. Um, we watched the zone of interest right after, which was kind of an interesting uh, double feature to have <laughs> hand in hand and really honestly uh, led to a lot of great discussion between me and I um, that evening. So I appreciated that. Um, and then I went and rewatched a couple other Oscar type movies, Godzilla minus one anatomy of fallen poor things, all just uh, kind of reexamining, checking out again, uh, trying to give poor things another chance to appreciate more i think maybe i liked it a little bit less the second time around oh, wow. but in emma stone truly is uh in incredible so i can speak to that it, it is a tough race between her and lily gladstone at the top i'll, I'll give you that yeah. um and then the final thing i'll shout out iss cody uh don't waste your time don't go see it just the trailer terrible. didn't look terrible but bad really bad counting it as a 2023 release it is my least favorite movie of 2020 oh wow so that bad <laughs> there's a reason they they uh they call it dumpy wary <laughs> yeah i'm excited for uh argyle oh, coming soon yeah hey february you know a little bit different but um hasn't gotten great reviews i actually didn't go to the theaters in january i think i don't know like mean girls that'll that'll come to streaming pretty quickly i would think right I one of know. these days yeah <laughs> Also, I think Aquaman should be coming soon. I don't know, but uh, hopefully I'll go see Argyle, obviously, to support, you know, my fantasy filmography. But yeah, the the first couple of months here, I think are going to be a little bit lacking, especially kind of the with the whole strike, um, you know, timing and stuff. So we'll be interesting. But yeah, go see Argyle, of course. It'll be great. 
there's a reason uh, four movies I rewatched and three of them were in theaters. You know, I, I just yeah. want to go to the theater and there's not a lot of great stuff to see. Yeah. Uh, the beekeeper will, will maybe make an appearance one of these days. Cody, thank you for doing the episode again, as, uh, as we always do. And thank you to everybody for listening. We are going to be back next week with another one about who knows what. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay Kevin. Peace. Bye. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.